People of God, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or visiting with us online for the first time, we welcome you. We give thanks for your presence among us today. Friends, I am delighted, absolutely delighted, to invite you back to our sanctuary beginning next Sunday, February 6th, for in-person worship. Your session has approved this return, and it will be such a joy to gather again as a family of faith. We will still maintain masking and social distancing protocols, as we've been doing for some time. And our live stream worship will still, of course, be available, but we very much hope you will join us to worship here in our sanctuary as you feel comfortable doing so, beginning next Sunday. Additionally, more information will be coming later this week via email regarding our Sunday school program, as well as other gatherings in the life of the church. If you do not currently receive our emails, I invite you to subscribe to them on the homepage of our website. Friends, today we continue in our worship and sermon series titled, All Things New. Reminded that God is always in the business of making things new and that God's healing and God's restoration and God's mercies, they bring, th they bring restoration beyond our understanding. Bring things we could never have imagined into our life, bring comfort and a presence and a peace of our Lord, the likes of which we could not have dreamed. No matter who you are, or where you are on your journey of faith, no matter where you come from or what you've done, God is at work among you. God is at work within you, and we give thanks. We give thanks for a God who is always at work among us, making things new. We give thanks for a God who loves us too much to leave us exactly as we are. And we give thanks for a God who always has hope for our continued flourishing as God's people. Friends, as we open our hearts to God this day in worship, let us do so with joy in our hearts, with astounding wonders at God's presence among us. May we do so knowing that we serve a wild and wondrous God. Let us worship God together. Please join me in our responsive call to worship as it is printed in your bulletin. Praise the Lord who has shown us the wonders of his unfailing love and who for the sake of his name leads us and guides us. In you, O Lord, we put our trust. You are our God and our lives are in your hands. Lord, let the light of your face shine on us as we celebrate together in your presence. For our eyes have seen your glory, and our hearts will leap for joy. Let us worship God together. Please continue to join us singing hymn number 65, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah, as it is printed in your bulletin.
God is our great guide, our strong deliverer, the one to whom we lift our thanks and praise. God is the one we turn to throughout the many experiences in our lives. So let us turn to our merciful and loving God once again through our prayer of confession as it is printed in your bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. Most gracious and most merciful God, we confess to you and to one another that time after time we have entered your presence with countless prayers, but with hearts that have been closed to your grace. We have lifted our hands to you in praise, but our feet have still walked in the ways of evil. We have rehearsed your commandments, but have refused to see your face in the needs of our neighbor. We pray, O Lord, that you forgive our lack of faith and pardon our acts of injustice. Grant us the healing that comes from your presence. May our hearts be molded for your service alone. The psalmist says, But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from my enemies and from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Friends, in Christ, God hears. God answers. God sets us free. And so, let us together proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. of God as forgiven people let us share the peace of Christ with one another and through all the world that we interact with this week as we have received the peace of Christ in this moment the peace of Christ be with you amen Let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first te Old Testament reading today comes from Psalm 31, verses 1 through 4 and 15 through 16. 
Please join me in our responsive reading of the psalm, and together let us listen for the word of God. In you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Do not let me ever be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. You are indeed my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net that is hidden for me, for you are my refuge. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, hello there, young disciples, young friends, and those who are young at heart. It is great to be able to speak with you again this morning. So I don't know if you could tell, but there is snow outside. And one of the things that I love to do on a snow day is build a snow fort. And I know at least one of you likes to build snow forts, and I'm, I'm thinking that a lot of you probably like to build snow forts. The reason why I love to build snow forts is because every time I pack the snow together and build up these walls and maybe a roof over my head, I like to dig into the snow in this snow fort, and I like to feel safe. It's kind of fun. I like to look at the snow as the sun hits off the snow and see the way it glistens and, and I feel some semblance of peace. It feels good. It feels warm, especially on a cold and wintry day. And in our Bible stories for today, the people who were writing and saying these Bible stories, they were looking for something kind of like a snow fort. They were looking for peace. They were looking for something good. They were looking for something that makes us feel warm inside and out. And they were looking for those things in God. And they found those things in God, even when it was difficult for them, even when it, was, it could have been cold or snowy. And so I'm curious throughout this week, what makes you feel peaceful? What makes you feel good? What makes you feel warm inside and out? Maybe it's a snow fort. Maybe it's hot chocolate on a cold day. And maybe it's God when you pray with your family or at nighttime. But I'm, whatever it is, I'm curious what makes you feel peaceful and good and at home in your heart. Okay, let us pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you for snow forts and peace. And we pray that you help us recognize your peace in the world. 
Amen. Until next time, young friends. Friends, our Old Testament lesson today comes from the book of Lamentations, the third chapter, beginning with the first verse, and then skipping ahead to the 19th verse in a little while. As we read this passage today, we are reminded that, yes, God makes all things new. That is in the back of our minds. But friends, this text, in a particular way, acknowledges the deep places of desperation and darkness that perhaps we have all known at some point in this world. And so I invite you to open your ears and your hearts to, to remember what it has been like when you yourself have been in those desperate places, and yet to remember also the way you have known God's newness, God's mercy, and God's peace. Hear now the words of Scripture from chapter 3 of Lamentations. I am one who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Against me alone he turns his hand again and again all day long. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away and broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me sit in darkness like the dead of long ago. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He has put heavy chains on me. Though I call and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with hewn stones. He has made my paths crooked. The thought of my affliction and my homelessness is wormwood and gall. My soul continually thinks of it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One need only catch a five or seven-year-old on a bad day to know that deep within the human experience is a desire to express impassioned feelings of anger or despair. I hate being a part of this family. This is the worst day of my whole life. Not that I have any experience with a five or seven-year-old who have said such things, but I, you know, I can imagine the despair and the anger expressed in such declarations. 
And as adults, when we hear such declarations, especially from children, our instinct is to laugh them off, roll our eyes, or express enough sympathy and understanding to get the exhausted child to finally go to sleep. But the fact of the matter is, when these declarations are made, there is an element of truth to them, at least for the child, a depth of feeling that children still feel free to express. It's raw and unfiltered in a way that, that adults are often reluctant to let the world see. And yet sometimes, Sometimes those same adults don't have a choice. Because sometimes in this wild and wondrous world, where, as Frederick Buechner reminds us, beautiful and terrible things will happen. Sometimes there is suffering too terrible to name, and those raw and unfiltered emotions come pouring out, whether we want them to or not. In the hit musical Hamilton, there is a scene where Alexander Hamilton and his wife, Eliza, run to their son's side after he's been shot in a duel, and they cling to him as he takes his last breath. Eliza's animalistic screams fill the air as only a parent's screams can when they've lost a child, and the music begins. There are moments that the words don't reach. There is suffering too terrible to name. You hold your child as tight as you can and push away the unimaginable. Here in the book of Lamentations, the raw and unfiltered emotions of the poet leap off the page. I am one who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Against me alone he turns his hand again and again all day long. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He has put heavy chains on me, though I call and cry for help. He shuts out my prayer. If we don't have any warning for these words, they can catch us by surprise. Make us squirm in our seats a bit, wonder if we should have waited until next week to come to church. After all, are, are we allowed to talk to God this way? Yeesh. And I will acknowledge that this is an easy text to get stuck in the weeds. And by that, by that I mean to get stuck in questions that are important, but they can easily hijack our experience of the text and keep us stuck in one place. In this case of Lamentations 3, it's easy to get stuck in the words of the poet which cry out to God, You caused this. God has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. And while hundreds, if not thousands, of scholars and theologians have dedicated their lives to the age-old question of why do bad things happen to good people for today, 
just today, for today I want us to set that question aside and rest in the gift of this text. A gift that's easy to overlook if all these words do is make us squirm. Because for those who have known the very pit from which these words cry out, in this text there is comfort, a freedom found within them. A wise professor once reminded me that you can learn a lot about a person based on how they respond to lamentations. Are they uncomfortable, nervous, and squirming in their seats? Or are they comforted? Do they resonate with the words of the poet? As I, sat in a, as I sat in a Bible study a number of years later, I saw my professor's wisdom lived out in real time. This very same passage that we have just read, this passage from Lamentations, it was read aloud in our Bible study. And it was fascinating to watch the responses of the group. Some of them, as predicted, grimaced, shifted a little uncomfortably in their seats, looking around to see if others were as uncomfortable as they were with the nature of the passage. And then there were a few who nodded their heads in full agreement as the passage was read. Full acknowledgement that these words were not just words being read from a page, but these words had lived in their souls once, too. Because, you see, among those who nodded, there was a parent who'd lost a child. A woman whose head was still bald from the chemo that ravaged her body. There was a couple who I knew pastorally had been desperately trying to have children for seven years. There was a man who sat on the fringes, whose wife had been diagnosed with ALS just six months earlier. And their nodding heads affirmed, Yeah, I, I get it. I have been... I have been there. These words have been my words. For those who had known great suffering, there was nothing uncomfortable about these words of lament. For these words had been their words. I am one who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He has driven and brought me into the darkness without any light. But I think what struck me most around that circle was that those who had known the depth of suffering, those who cried out against God, those who had cursed God and meant it, they didn't stop nodding as the po voice of the poet shifted. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end.
could see their nods continue as together they quietly acknowledged the depth of suffering they had known, a depth of despair that takes place in a world where terrible things happen, and yet, and yet the truth of their faith to which they clung was right there with it. Yes, Yes, I am one who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. But, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. This time last year, I felt trapped in my own experience of this lament. For those of you who don't know, just after Thanksgiving last year, a grapefruit-sized tumor was found in my husband's liver. For weeks and months, we bounced from doctor to doctor and opinion to opinion, navigating the mind-boggling reality that doctors didn't know what this was and couldn't agree how to proceed. We trudged through never-ending hold times on the phone and desperate moments yelling into the phone, no, please don't transfer me again, as we navigated the broken realities of our healthcare system where even really good insurance was still denying potentially life-saving scans and interventions. I am one who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. For over six months, we walked a road I had not yet known existed. One where doctors were both brilliant and also very wrong. One where insurance was excellent but also a nightmare. One where bodies and medicine were still filled with more mysteries than answers. And one where our children would be laughing with delight in the playroom. And I would watch my husband watching them, tears streaming down his face, both of us knowing the fear that lived in each of us. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He has put heavy chains on me. Though I call and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. But, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. In the throes of terror, in the depths of fear, I cannot deny that those mercies appeared again and again. They came in phone calls and text messages. They came in meals prepared and too many baked goods for us to eat delivered at our doorstep. 
They came in the steady words of a colleague who over and over again said, tell me what you need and don't worry about a thing. Those mercies came in fresh loaves of baked bread and cards in the mail. They came in words of grace and comfort over the phone from hundreds of miles away, reminding me month after month, I am here and I'm not going anywhere. Though mysteries remain in our own story, we give thanks to be living with far more peace today than we knew for those six long months. But that isn't true of many people's stories. And truth be told, it could fail to be true in any of our stories at any time. And thus, whether we have known these words of lamentations to be true for us or not, they are still our story. Still the story of someone we know, a prophetic reminder that part of being human is that we will experience both beautiful and terrible things in our lifetime, and that there is suffering in this world too terrible to name. And yet, and still, we serve a God whose mercies are new every day. I'm not suggesting those mercies are always easy to see. They certainly weren't for me. I'm not suggesting that they are in any way, any way that those mercies remove the pain and despair of tragedy and fear. But as the church, as the church, we are called to be a home for the grief and the pain of this world. And we are called to be a people who proclaim into the depths of despair, we are here and we're not going anywhere. As Dr. Sally Brown so eloquently puts it, we are invited to rely on God and the community to carry forth hope on our behalf when we ourselves have no hope in us. I only gave you a portion of Frederick Beekner's quote at the beginning of this sermon. The full quote reads, Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. There are indeed, friends, moments when the words don't reach. There is suffering too terrible to name, and yet, and yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. Thanks be to God. Amen.
The world is indeed full of mysteries, and it is into those mysteries that the word of the Lord pierces to create room for lament, for healing, for peace. So let us join our voices together from near and far and sing the hymn when peace like a river as it is printed in your bulletin.
Please join me as we affirm our faith through the words of the Apostles' Creed. As we seek to follow Christ in this world, let us state what we believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. It is a balm to our collective soul to be given opportunities, to be given words, to be given prayers, to give to our God. So let us join together in words of prayer. Lord God, giver of life and receiver of prayer, penitence, and whatever we muster from our being this day, you are the great mirror set before us. However we experience the world, we attribute it to you. For the purples and pinks of the sunrise and sunset, we lift to you our thanks. For the challenges we stumble through alone or in community, we hurl to you our concerns. For the ways we cannot control our surroundings, we direct to you our anger, our hurt, our lament. And yet, when we lift up our head and catch a glimpse beyond what is more than mere reflection, we see your depth, we see your beauty, we see your presence, we see your glory. For our souls leap in thanksgiving that you are a God who cares a God who calls, a God who invites us into the comfort of your love. So for the many ways we experience your faithfulness, and still for the many ways your faithfulness is there, whether we know it or not, we give you deep thanks. Lord Christ, Jesus, the Son, our prayer lists are long and full of invitations for your care. We are struck by the growing number of humans told to be ready for war on the borders of Ukraine and Russia. We pray for cool heads, peaceful hearts, and that there will be no need for violence. God, we are worried about our friends and family members who have tested positive for COVID. 
We pray that they may know healing as fully and as quickly as possible. Lord, we are concerned about our neighbors who are left out in the cold with no home to go to. We pray that you may move our communities to action so that all may know a dwelling of love and warmth. Christ, we are aware of the lives of the people of this church and our greater community, and that it is hard to live in this time, and we all carry unique burdens. We pray for ourselves so that we may be vessels of your peace and love for others. Spirit of the living God, you are heard in the quiet celebrations of individuals and the loud laments of your people. Meet the outreaching hand of our souls that yearn to head into this week equipped with openness and possibilities. Lift our sleepy eyelids to the twinkle of the sunlight bouncing off of snow in the morning. Enlarge in our small sense of worth to meet the vastness of your love for us. Feed us with the never-ending portion of your grace that is constantly there whenever we ask for more. For we rest in the greatness of thy faithfulness and are guided by your steadfast love that never ceases. We pray all this in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Beloved church, let us join our voices together from near and far and sing the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, as it is printed in your bulletin.
Beloved of God, here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. For the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies are new every day. As you go from this place, friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, and be with those you are called to love this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen. Amen.